Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you've tuned in to the podcast that you hit the play button. Uh, do me another favor. Hit a, hit a referral, hit a share, hit a uh, response, a, um, what do you call it, a, <laughs> a review at the bottom. You know, that helps us get um, get the podcast out there and help it advance because we want to help as many men as possible. I tell you, it's so important that uh, as men, we bind together because the enemy has uh, strategically very strategically targeted the man um, because to target the man he's he's going to do a by targeting the man I should say he's going to do a, a devastating work in the home um, and that's why of course he targets marriage but particularly he's targeting men and so if we can get to the men we can bring a lot of healing to the home we can bring a lot of healing to marriage we can bring a lot of healing to family and so it's one of the reasons i i feel this well really feel this mandate you know to do this podcast to have this conversation to to create a community of men that are joining together banding together praying for each other and that's something i want you to know you have been prayed for i've prayed for you our our ministry has prayed for you we our prayer force uh, people that are, are praying with and for our ministry praying over these podcasts praying over our listeners and and people that not only listen but view certain things or you know on video platforms too as well but here's the thing You've been prayed for, and and you, you can be praying for us. You can be praying for the listeners, too. You can join that prayer force as well, because there's something so powerful that happens that when we bind together in community, even though we may never physically meet, I hope we do get that chance. But even if we never do, if you're just in another state, another place, and somebody shared this podcast with you, and you're, you're a listener, a faithful listener, then, man, you're part of the family. You're part of the community. You're part of family mission. And thanks for being a part of Marksman and and be praying for us. We're praying for you. And if there's any specific prayer requests, you can email those to us at spellmanministries at gmail.com. Just our last name, Spellman, S-P-E-L-L-M-A-N, ministries, plural, at gmail.com. And I didn't mention this um, previously, but I from time to time, I like to. Also, if you give us your email, um, if you go to our website, spellmanministries.org, spellmanministries.org, and give us your email, then once a week on Mondays, we will send to your inbox a very short devotional, just something to spark conversations. And you might say, you know, I don't know what to, if I'm going to lead something in my family, if I'm going to do like a family devotional, I just don't know maybe where to start, what to do. You can literally just take these devotionals and let them be a springboard for conversations. It's one of the reasons I do it is to create conversation starters, you know, for families and men. We need to take the lead on this. We need to take the lead on starting conversations about the Lord. Don't just come home from church and not talk about, hey, man, what did we learn? What are we going to do different this week because of what we learned in church this week? What do we, you know, or in Bible study or in home group or 
whatever the dynamic is, we need to be leading the conversation. And that devotional that just hits your inbox every Monday is simply that. It's just a conversation starter. It's not an in-depth teaching. It's just a conversation starter. And so we hope that you'll take uh, time to go to the website, give us your email address, sign up for it. It's just a sign up for newsletter. Basically, you're going to get that inbox, uh, that a devotional each Monday, and then occasionally, and I do mean occasionally, you'll get maybe a newsletter, an update, something like that. But really, all you're going to see mostly is each Monday that devotional hits your inbox, and it's a great conversation starter. So just give us your email address, and we'll begin getting those to you immediately. And so with that being said, let's get back into our conversation. I've, I still don't have a release to go any other direction. I just want to keep digging into this letter of the Philippians or letter to the Philippians. Paul wrote this letter from a Philippian jail. Um, Bible scholar learned this in Bible school. These are this is one of the prison epistles, the letters he wrote from prison. And so here he is writing to the Philippians um, from a Philippian jail, and it's just amazing when you look at the context of this letter. Of course, the the golden text for marksmen, of course, is in chapter three, and it is verse thirteen and fourteen, where he says, "Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do." In other words, I haven't laid hold of everything. I don't have. I don't know it all. I haven't done it all. I don't. I don't understand it all. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are ahead, I press towards the mark. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Well, Jesus is the mark. Romans eight twenty nine says. Romans 8.29, we are all predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. So that's the mark. He's the mark. He's the goal. And that's why this podcast exists. This conversation is happening is because as men and as Christians, as Christ followers, we have a very clear goal. We have a very clear mark. It's, and I don't say this to be you know, trying to steal something, but it's not just about getting to heaven when we die. Thank God we have that hope. That's one of the great hopes we have in, in following Christ and, and, and putting our faith in Him for the salvation and the cleansing of our sin. And, and to be a Christ follower, that's definitely going to serve you well when it's time to leave. <laughs> okay, but you don't have to wait to leave the earth to start enjoying the benefits of walking with Christ and experiencing eternal life. See, John 17, 3, I'll quote this to you, John 17, 2 and 3. Jesus said this as he prayed. He said, Father, well, let me, (laughs) I get excited sometimes. I just like to run on ahead, but let me slow down just a minute. John 17, I'm just going to read it to you. This, This prayer in John 17, Jesus is praying for you and I. Because in the latter part of this prayer, uh, verse 20, John 17, 20, he says, I'm not just praying for these, those who are listening in the room. He said, but I'm going to pray for all those who will believe on me through their word or through their testimony, one scripture says, or one translation says. So John 17, 20, this whole prayer in John 17, he says in verse 20, this is not just for these men here. It's for everyone 
who will believe on me because of their testimony and because of their word. And that's you and I here today. We're sitting here reading our Bibles, which is their testimony. And so we believe on him because of their word. So what he prayed in John 17 was entirely for you and for me and for anyone who has put faith in Christ because of the revelation of Scripture because of the anointed preaching and teaching of Scripture, the anointed explanation of, of Scripture, when you put your faith in Jesus through the, the witness of Scripture and the Bible, then Jesus said, what I prayed in John 17 is for you. And so here's what he said in the very first part of his prayer, John 17. He says, Father, the hour has come to glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. Verse two, you have given him authority over all flesh. In other words, what he was going to do was going to make something available to all flesh, everyone, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So he's talking about eternal life. And the reason I'm taking this little caveat is to just simply say that eternal life is not just about a ticket to heaven. It's not just about fire insurance. It's not just about the peace of knowing that when you go through the door called death, that you know you're going to heaven. Now, that's a great hope. That's a great promise. But that's not what all eternal life is about. And this is what he says here. He prays it literally right here. He says, and this is eternal life, (laughs) so that there can be no question, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now listen to this in the Passion, Uh, John 17 and 3 in the Passion. Eternal life means to know and experience you. As the only true God to know, in other words, to have a relationship with and to experience the one true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. So there's a knowledge that's experiential is what he's talking about. See, we can know things by reading a book, but there's something that you can only know by doing it hands-on, I mean, by doing it, by being, you know, hands-on training, hands-on experience. And there's different ways we know. I, I oftentimes use, use this example that, you know, um, you know, I like to follow golf. I uh, don't get to play near as much golf as I like, but uh, I enjoy playing when I can, and I, I enjoy watching it when I can. I don't even get to watch it much, but I sometimes follow stuff on social media, especially around the majors and so forth, and, and just to see the new upcoming uh, stars and players and, and see some of the old uh, folks getting, you know, doing good. Anyway, I just like following it. But just for sake of example, just for sake of an example, say uh, – Say you like Phil Mickelson, the old lefty, and uh, you know all about him. You follow him every tournament. You know his stats. You know where he's at in the world rankings. You know his his money he's earned that year. You know all that. You know how many majors he's won. You know how many PGA championships he's won. How many ma- you know uh, tournaments he's won. You got all that knowledge of Phil Mickelson. And you know what kind of putter he uses, you know what kind of clubs he swings, you know what kind of bag he's got, you know his his wife's name, his children's name, uh, you know all of his sponsorships, and you know all this, all things Phil Mickelson. But that does not mean that if you were to head out, you know, down to 
to Florida or to Texas, somewhere where he's playing. And, and you know, you're there in the gallery and you're watching and he's, he's moving from hole to hole. And as he goes by, you know, he doesn't just give you a token wave. He says, hey, Steve, how you doing? I mean, he calls you out by name because he knows you. See, that's a that's a knowledge on another level. Knowing about him is one thing, but him knowing you and you knowing him on some personal level, that's what the Scripture's talking about here. It's not just knowing about God. That's not eternal life. It's not just knowing about Jesus. That's not eternal. It's knowing him. In other words, that's that's how we're supposed to be digging into the Scripture. We don't read the Word to learn about God. We read the word to know him because this book is a book of God's thoughts. We're actually getting in his mind. We're getting inside of him. I mean, if you get in somebody's mind, you're getting inside their life. And that's what conversation is. It's the exchange of thoughts. And, and the more intimate you can become in conversation and the more transparent and vulnerable you can become in conversation, then that means that's that much more intimacy you have with that individual. You know, there's certain conversations that only happen in the living room. Certain conversations only happen on the front porch. Certain conversations might happen in the kitchen. And then, you know, where I'm going to go with this, men, and there's certain conversations you only have in the bedroom. So, I mean, there's different levels of intimacy. And see, this is the beauty of the Word of God is that when we get into the Word, we're getting into God's thoughts. We're getting into Him, and He's getting into us, and we're, we're knowing Him through the Scriptures. We're knowing Him through His thoughts. We know how He thinks. It's like a man and a woman. The longer you live together, the longer you've done life together, you learn preferences, you learn things that please them, the things that irritate them, the things that <laughs> make them happy, the things that make them sad, you know, they're their favorite color, their favorite foods, their favorite place to go on vacation. And you learn things about people through time and through experience. Well, see, this is what Jesus was praying, is that we would know. This is eternal life, is knowing and experiencing, having life experience with God, having life experience with Jesus Christ. And that's what a life marked by Christ is. So when we do our little intro and say, this is a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ, what does that mean? It means that you've had some experience with Christ, and He's had experience with you, that you're you're not just in the Word learning about Christ or about God or about heaven or about you know spiritual things. No, you're you're in the scripture to know him, knowing that this is like a love letter he's written to you. And he wants to reveal himself through the written word. And we have the blessed Holy Spirit who inspired the word to help reveal the word and reveal God's heart, his thoughts, his his motives, his intentions towards us. And so let's go ahead and go back to Philippians three. Took a just a little sidestep there, but that's okay because it's important that we understand that when we're talking about eternal life, we're not talking about just that point at which you step through the door called death, and that's all death is: is a door. It's just a door to a, a, a time where actually a space, I should say, where time is no more, and that's a lot of times why people kind of think of eternal life in that sense is because once you step through that door called death, time won't affect you 
the way it does now. Yet, the the eternal life, the Zoe life, it's actually describing more of a quality of life versus a duration of life. Because here's the reality, men. Here's the reality. We're going to live forever regardless. I mean, as far as duration, we are a spirit. That's That's how we were made in the image of God. We were made a spirit. Now, we have to be born again if we have any hope of living uh, in heaven forever or with God forever. Because, you know, like the good old uh, adage that your real estate agent gives you, like when you're considering buying a home, if you've bought a home and you've had a good real estate agent worth their salt, they will make sure they tell you, here's the key, three words. And some of you are probably already saying it, location, location, location. <laughs> That's one of the oldest phrases in the book, real estate terms, location, location, location. Well, when you're talking about duration of life, yeah, you better consider once you go through that door called death, location, location, location. So I'm not saying don't give it any thought, don't make it a deal, but I'm saying it's not all that the scripture is giving us. It's given us a quality of life. It's life as God has it. It's a, it's second Peter one says he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's on this side of the door. We can start experiencing that eternal life, life like God has it. I've even said it this way, doing life God's way. You know, like Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is that? It's seeking to do life God's way. It's seeking to do life with him. Go through the life experience with him. You know, don't just go through life and then just occasionally get God involved. No, do everything with God. I... Just before, uh, well, I should say a couple hours ago, today is uh, when this is being recorded, um, is my son, my youngest son, Daniel's 18th birthday. And a place we live here on a, on a ranch called Mariah Ranch, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Um, the owner of the ranch here uh, has Dan working with him this summer in the fields. And they were planting soybeans for a couple weeks, and um, now they're doing hay. Well, um, so they were transitioning all the implements from the, the beans and the planters and the, the rollers and all that kind of stuff and the, and the plows. And now they're getting, you know, the rakes and the tetters and the, the balers and all that going. So they're transition. So they're moving these implements around. Well, uh, Dan accidentally, he just didn't, oh, didn't, wasn't aware of it. But the bucket of one of the big tractors he was moving was right near a, uh, a stem for a, um, a well. It's not wasn't a well, but it's just a well access point. Like if somebody had an RV, they could hook up a hose and get water, that kind of a thing. And he ran over that thing and ripped that thing. <laughs> and so here he was, you know, eight o'clock this morning. Um, you know, he had a full day of work lined up, and he said, "Well, Dad, the day's not starting too good." <laughs> so he he had to, um, and he was he was helping Mr. Jerry get the tractors all done. And so I said, "I'll come up and help you." So Sam and I actually went up and was helping him, and Kim came up too, and she had to run to town and get some parts. So here's the point of the story. The point of the story is this: I had you know we had to dig out this, get down to where the thing was connected to the the underground line. And so that was a process. And so, but here's the thing. I was talking about get God involved in everything. 
See, I, I get God involved in everything I do, whether I'm digging a hole, making a repair. I ask for his help. I ask for his wisdom. I ask for angels to be involved. I want heaven helping me no matter what I am doing. I don't just need heaven to teach and preach the word. I need heaven to live. I need heaven in my life to be a good husband. I need heaven working in my life and the Holy Spirit and the and the grace of God to be a father, just to be a son of God. And I need it every moment. I need his help every moment. And I'm telling you, God supernaturally gave us wisdom on how to um, make some adjustments, get this repaired. And uh, Daniel and and Jerry didn't even miss a beat. They stayed right on their schedule. We got the little mishap corrected and got their day off and running. And so he's out now, even as I'm speaking here, he's out haying with, with Jerry and and they're having a great day and everything's going smooth. So we didn't even make a hip. But I'm telling you, God gave us wisdom. And I don't need to bore you with the details, but there was two things that he gave me an idea on. One he gave to my wife and one he gave to me. And uh, it just made it go so smooth. And see, I don't take credit for that because I know I ask God for help. I ask God for wisdom. I ask God for understanding. I ask God for knowledge. I also look at YouTube sometimes. I'll confess that. I'll check YouTube out on all kinds of things I want to learn. But I mean, there's really no excuse today between YouTube and the Holy Ghost. I mean, you can fix just about anything. (laughs) And so anyway, but I'm just saying eternal life is a quality of life, and it's something we can begin experiencing Christ now. We can experience heaven now. We can experience this quality of life, this wisdom, this peace, this joy, this protection. I mean, protection. We can experience the blessing of heaven right now. And so this is what we're pressing towards. So Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14, I'll read it to you again. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal, which is the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So God is calling you up, men. He's calling me up. He's calling us up. And I want to take the rest of our time today to actually go back to chapter 1. There was something that really stood out to me as I was preparing for today's podcast um, that I want to take the last few minutes of our conversation and just talk about. And it's in Philippians chapter 1, the very end of the chapter, starting in verse 27. Because again, you know, maybe over these next few weeks as we continue just to dig into Philippians, um, maybe just make it a practice. Let's just go through the book of Philippians each week together. Just just read through the, it's just a short four letter, uh, four chapter letter. And of course, here's the thing, it wasn't written in chapter and verse. We, we have chapter and verse just so that we can reference it, go to the same spot, look at the same thing. But it was written like a letter. And so sometimes it's really good just to back up and and not for study's sake, but just for just taking in God's thoughts. Just read through it just like it was written. Just read through it as a letter. Don't stop in chapter this and stop there. Just take the whole thing, all four chapters, just read through it. Just don't try to race through it, but just kind of read through it gently and just ponder upon it, but just let it be one solid flow of thought because that's how Paul wrote it. He wrote it as a letter. 
And so, but for reference sake, it's sure handy, though, to have chapter and verse. So let's go to chapter 1, and let's look at verse 27, okay? (laughs) Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, Paul writing, so that whether I come and see you or whether I'm absent, I want to hear this about your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, that in not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. And having the same conflict which you saw in me, and you now hear is in me. Now let me read this in the Amplified. Grab it here in the Amplified. And then we'll just share a few thoughts and, and wrap it up. Philippians 1, 27, Only be sure as citizens to conduct yourselves, that is your manner of life, remember doing life God's way. That's, that's eternal life. Just experiencing God all day long, no matter what we're doing. You know, whether we're going to the movies, whether with our family, whether we're working on the car, I'm telling you, projects will go way, way better if you just get God involved. I mean, yeah, do your research, look at YouTube, read the manuals, read the instructions. Come on, guys, read the instructions. (laughs) Don't just jump in like I do. (laughs) Read the instructions, read the manual, get on YouTube, do all of that, everything we can in the natural. But man, make sure... You bring in the supernatural help of heaven because Holy Spirit, he knows everything about everything. (laughs) He truly knows everything about it. He knows the best way to do everything. He knows the best way to cook. He knows the best way to fix things. He knows the best way to travel. I mean, how many have had GPS lead you down a wrong road? I mean, I mean, Google just plain screwed up. (laughs) Well, do you know what? Holy Spirit can alert us. We can even have that heavenly GPS help us avoid mistakes on a, on a family vacation when we're trying to have a pleasant time and then Google glitches. But that doesn't mean the Holy Ghost has to glitch. See, that's what I'm saying. Just, I just want you to stretch out your mind just to embrace the thought that God, eternal life, is not just that stepping through a door and that entering into a timeless realm. It's it's a quality of life that is experienced every day, all day long. So he says that your manner of life would be worthy of the good news. In other words, our manner of life should reflect that we have experienced and we know the good news, the gospel of Christ. So whether I come or whether I'm absent, this is what I want to hear. I want this report coming back to me, that you're standing firm. You know, that's one of the things that I, I believe and I pray for as I prepare for this podcast is sometimes there just needs to be a strength that's released so that we stand and we keep standing. You know, sometimes we can get weary, especially if if a certain season just goes on and on or a, a difficult time just continues on. Sometimes we can be tempted to not stand. You know, what does it say in the book of Ephesians where it talks about, you know, being strong in the Lord and it talks about the weaponry and the, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation, all that. It says, and having done all to stand, stand. 
There's something so powerful about sometimes just standing when other people aren't standing. And we're seeing in this day and age where persecution is arising, and there's going to be more persecution. That's what he said down at the very end of this. He said, it's not only our privilege to believe in Christ, but we're going to suffer some things. We're going to suffer persecution. We're going to suffer rejection. We're going to suffer some difficult times. Um, doesn't mean you got to be sick and poor and broke. I'm talking about just through persecution, because the world is not going to want to become more godly. The world's trying to become more, quote, progressive, more tolerant, more understanding, in other words, more sinful. And so when you and I, as men, especially leading our homes, leading our families, leading our own selves, and we start standing when other people are just giving up the fight, they're just, they're just not going to die on that hill anymore. And so they're just caving. They're not standing. Even maybe other believers yeah, even other believers, you know, Psalm 91, think about this, Psalm 91, 7, it says, though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, he says, it won't come near you. Now, I don't know about you, if it's at my right hand, that's pretty close. People at your right hand, who you think about having a right hand man, a right hand person, you know, that, that's a close associate. And so it says even in that prophetic scripture, though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 at your right hand, you can still stand. You can still stand. And so I just released that grace. I just I felt that in my spirit as I was preparing. And I just wanted to make sure we touched on this before we signed off for, for this week. But there's a grace to stand and keep on standing. And we need to make sure as citizens of heaven, that we conduct our manner of life in a way that's worthy of the good news, that whether, you know, Paul writing to the Philippians, whether I come, whether I'm not able to, I want to hear this. I want to hear that you're standing. You're standing firm and you're united. See, don't let yourself get divided. That's why I want this marksman to be a community, a, a place that you can feel connected to and I can feel connected to you. So that's why I always make the appeal every week. Reach out to me. Send me an email. Communicate with me. Let's be connected. But I'm talking about on a very natural level, too. Make sure you're connected to community, a community of believers, an expression of the church. You know, church is happening on in so many different ways nowadays, in, in traditional building gatherings, home gatherings. I mean, churches are expressions of the church are coming up in all kinds of ways. But the important thing is that you're connected to the body of Christ. And it's a meaningful connection. It's, a re, it's relationally a connection. And so he says, I want to hear that you're standing. I want to hear that you're united in spirit and purpose, striving side by side. So you can't do that alone. See, this life is not intended to be, to be done alone. We're to be standing with each other. We're to be striving side by side. And so each week, that's why I come to you. And when I'm able to bring guests, I bring those on so that we can stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Amen. So he said, I want to hear that you're standing firm, that you're united in spirit and purpose, and that you're striving side by side, and that you're contending. Do you hear these action words? I mean, eternal life is action. I want you standing firm. I want you united in purpose and spirit. I want you striving 
together side by side. I want you contending. I mean, maybe you even hear the passion in my voice because it's we have to contend. I mean, the the enemy's trying to lullaby and put to sleep the church. That's why in Ephesians 5, he says, Awake thou that sleepest. See, so many Christians are even asleep. Some of some men who have been on fire for God a year ago, they're asleep. They're just kind of just kind of doled down to going through the motion. They might even still go to church, but they're just not on fire anymore. And so we need to make sure that that fire's in our belly, that there's a striving, that there's a contending, that there's a, a united spirit and purpose, a single mind for the faith and the glad tidings of the gospel. And verse 28, here's why I want to wrap it up here today. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated by anything. In other words, peace. Don't let anything steal your peace. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. In John's gospel, he said it. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And he said in another place, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So the peace that is protecting us, the peace that is surrounding us, the peace that is crowning our mind in the midst of warfare is his very own peace. And so this is why he can say here in this letter, don't for a minute be frightened or intimidated. Hold your peace. And when you do this, your opponent, your adversary, those demonic spirits that are trying to work what used to work in the past and now it's not working, you're going to you're going to send a message to them. It's kind of like that, I don't remember which which Rocky episode it was, but when Rocky was fighting that Russian guy and that Russian was like chiseled like a machine and he was pounding down on Rocky. I mean, I mean, literally pounding down and man, something just came on Rocky and he was getting pounded and pounded and pounded and he just kept taking it and taking it. And he finally then started taunting him and saying, is that all you got? Is that all you got? And the Russian got angry. He's pounded and pounded and pounded. He's like, is that all you got? And man, he slugged him back a few times and finally the the bell rang and the Russian goes to the corner and he's like, this guy ain't human. (laughs) Well, just that's what we need to do sometimes when the devil's trying to pound and pound and pound and pound. We just need to be willing to talk a little smack and say, is that all you got? Because I'm not caving where I used to cave. I'm not bowing where I used to bow. I'm not compromising where I used to compromise. Amen. So don't for a minute be frightened or intimidated by anything by your opponents because this constancy and this fearlessness, come on, men, constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign. It'll be a proof. It'll be a seal of their impending destruction, their doom. (laughs) But it's also a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation from God. So I just want to leave you that with here this week. Man, be constant. Be steadfast. Be focused. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God come upon you. And I trust that you just received that grace as I released it earlier in our earlier conversation, that there's just a strength that comes to you, a grace that's upon you. Amen. And I want to thank you for being a part of the conversation. I want to thank you for being a part of the community of marksmen. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends. I hope you share it with your brothers in Christ. 
But I tell you, we need each other. We need to sharpen each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to challenge each other. And that's why we come to you week after week here on Marksman, joining together with other men who've been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ's likeness. 